You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. We are kicking off Hour 3. And, of course, uh, at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock each and every Saturday, we've got Joe Wiz, who has his own gambling show. You'll be able to listen to uh, bright and early, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, good afternoon. How you doing? Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it's amazing how quickly time flies when you start. I know you came on at noon. It's like anytime you talk sports, time just flies by. Uh, you know, there's so many games to talk about and so many different sports to uh, make opportunities and make, make some money. Yeah, so uh, so we just stumbled upon a Jordan Renan article where uh, DeVito, who's going to be starting quarterback for the, uh, the, the, the Giants tomorrow against uh, Dallas, uh, still lives at home and his mom still makes his bed. So many questions here. Number one, why would you acknowledge, why, why would you even like provide that information for Jordan Renan? So now that we know, um, what, like, what happens when you have an overnight guest? That's got to get dicey. What do you tell her? Like, um, I, I, like so many questions here. Like, yeah, like, are you, are you, are you feeling, are you feeling confident that the Giants are going to cover the, the number at 17 with a dude whose mom still makes his bed? I'm not. Um, it's funny, Anita, because it's amazing how much personal information gets out there and you got to love it. But, you know, I, I guess he never expected to be a quarterback, be a quarter, be a starting for the Giants, but it's crazy how the season has turned around. But the line, as you mentioned, is at 17 and a half. Uh, you know, the last time they met, we know what happened on week one was 40 nothing. I want, uh, I need, I know you're big at the prop bets. We should uh, look it up and see what's the odds for the Giants to even score one point in this game because they might get shut out again. Uh, you you never know. Uh, that's kind of hard to go to, to get shut out uh, in a, in an NFL game, especially even if it is a blowout. At some point in time, uh, you got to think that um, that the Dallas is going to have their third and fourth string players in there. We'll see what happens. But this line at seventeen, seventeen and a half, Joe. This is uh, this is the third largest spread line in in quite a few years. Yeah, and the line opened up at 10. Obviously, that was before they announced the starting quarterback situation. Listen, there's plenty of opportunities to make money tomorrow. There's 12 games on the board. You don't have to bet every game. As far as this game's concerned, I put out the total in the game in either 39 because I do think the Giants are going to be challenged to score uh, any points, if any, and uh, I'm not getting with that. So the totals are 39. My concern is the Cowboys might put 35 on the board, uh, and then uh, you know Giants might get one of those backdoor touchdowns that we talked that you talked about with their backups and. Uh, Cowboys have bigger fish to fry, but don't forget the Cowboys are a little bit upset because they're coming off that loss to the Eagles as well. But uh, in a game like that, I would say uh, the total may be under 39. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to score more than 10 points. Uh, my play in this is I like Dallas team total over. Uh, I want to say it was 24.5 points. It might be up to 26. I don't know. Dallas Cowboys are a team that... They don't take they don't take their foot off the throttle. They just don't do it. And there's no love lost here between Jerry Jones and and John Mara. And I think Dallas wants to embarrass the 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 Giants. So I'm going team total over for Dallas. I also have Tony Pollard and Jake Ferguson anytime touchdown with both of them. Which by the way, Fergie is it. plus money. Yeah. So that's how I'm playing that one. Uh, prime time, the Jets in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. Uh, the Jets are favored by one. The over-under is 38-39 in some places. What's your play here? 
Yeah, when you look at it here, I mean, both of these teams play unders, and I know the total's really low, which at 36.5 and 37. Um, I still like the under in the game here. Raiders have gone under in uh, seven of their nine games uh, under. So, And the uh, Jets, I don't know how many points they're going to be able to score because um, you just don't know because they've struggled. Look what they did on Monday night against the Chargers and then against the Giants. They were very fortunate. Um, I, I had put out the total on my Twitter feed. I put out Joe, I put, put it out on Joe with Sports on Twitter. I put out the under, and uh, I'm giving the Jets a small chance in this game here, only because I don't trust Aiden O'Connell, the uh, rookie quarterback, even though he had a fairly decent game against the Giants last week. Um, I think the Jets' defense will present challenges for the Raiders, and the Jets, obviously, I think their season's on the line, Anita, in this game here. they got to go to Orchard Park next week, and Black Friday they have to take on Miami. Um, so this is it. If they don't win this game, uh, they, their playoff hopes are finished. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, one, one of my favorite plays this week is the Detroit Lions coming off of a bye, uh, only laying, well, it's three, I'll buy it down to two and a half, on the road in Los Angeles against a Chargers team that, uh, granted, yes, they beat the uh, the Jets, but let's be honest, they have not been good all season, and this is, a like I said, a Lions team who's gotten healthier uh, off the bye. David Montgomery is expected back. I'm surprised this line is low. Might be one of my favorite plays. Uh, what say you in this matchup? Yeah, you look at the line here, it's a two and a half. Uh, the total of the game is at 48 and a half. The Chargers did not look good. I mean, the Jets were able to shut them down, but the Jets just were not able to do anything here. Um, the total of this game's high, Anita, and everyone thinks that the Chargers score a lot of points, but the majority of their games go under the total. The totals are 48 and a half. Uh, I'm not crazy about laying points on the road with the Lions. Uh, I know it's a short price. Um, I'd rather take a look at the total here. As you mentioned, Montgomery's going to be back. So uh, also the Lions, they like to, they're, they're number one priority, Anita is to run the ball. That's what that, that's how they win these games here. So if therefore if Montgomery is back and he is able to run the ball, um, that also adds into my uh, equation of playing the total under. I played under 49. It's at 48 and a half. Some places have 48. But if you have 48 and a half, uh, you know, I always like to buy that extra half point and play the under. So that would be my official play between the Lions and Chargers. What's your favorite NFL play on the Week 10 slate? Wow, there's a lot of good NFL games here. Um, you know, opening day, uh, opening, I should say opening day, the opening game for tomorrow uh, from Frankfurt, uh, you got the Patriots taking on the Colts, okay? Uh, Colts are a small favorite. I think the Patriots just are not playing. They're not, respond, they're not responding to Belichick, and that's a problem. I like the Colts to knock off the Patriots. I've won every Sunday night, Sunday morning game so far, so I'm looking for a clean sweep, Anita, and you got to hope to get the, the Colts because the Patriots just are not responding. Um, that's one of the games that I like as far as that's concerned. Um, I like a couple totals, Anita. Another total that I looked at was Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes under in every game. Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love was fortunate enough to face a uh, backup quarterback with the Rams last week with Rippey, and that totals at 39. So, um, you know, that's a little high. I like the under in that game. I like the under 39 between the uh, Packers and the Steelers. So sometimes, you know, people have to understand, you know, if, you're not, if you don't like a game and you play a total, and most people don't like playing unders. I mean, everyone likes playing the overs. They like playing the home team, and they like playing the chalk. And, uh, you know, so I try and uh, don't be afraid to play the unders because uh, they do come in quite often, especially in the primetime games this year. Over 60% of the games in primetime have gone under the total. Uh, quick note here, the Colts are the only NFL team to score 20 points or more in every game this season. So um, they are 8-1 and one to the team total over, best in the NFL. So 
Um, so there, there's that. A lot of people like the under in that matchup. Uh, but keep in mind, this is a Colts team that has scored 20 points, if not more, in every game this season. Uh, taking a look at some college football at 4 o'clock, you get Auburn going up against Arkansas. Arkansas at home favored by 2.5. The over-under is 48. How are you playing this one? Yeah, Nita, um, you know, take a look at it. Arkansas comes in with a record of three and six, and uh, their ball hopes are pretty much done. But Auburn's five and four, and it's an important game for them. They need the game. Seven of the last eight meetings, Anita, between these two teams have gone over the total. And again, we keep referring to totals, but when I find value, last year the score was 41-27. The year before, there was 38-23. Uh, with Arkansas having such a disappointing record, I don't think they have anything to lose but to air it out a little bit. Um, and uh, with the history between these two going over the total, uh, the total right now is at 48. I like the under in this game. I like the over, I should say, over 48, um, just based on the history of seven of the eight going over. And I think Arkansas is going to air it out a little bit more. They don't need to be conservative because, as I said, their records are three and six, but they're favored at home in Fayetteville. But over 48 uh, is my play between the Tigers and Razorbacks. Uh, before we let you go, uh, there's uh, you like a Rutgers play today. What is it? Oh, my God. Rutgers and Iowa. Neither. I just have to mention that the total this is the lowest total ever I've seen in college football. We talked about it last week. If you remember, we talked about Northwestern uh, playing Iowa, and that total in, uh, was, was, uh, was at 28, and the final score was 10-7. Um, Iowa has dominated this series. I know people in Jersey can't play Rutgers because of the state laws, but um, I like Iowa in this game here. Uh, they dominated Rutgers in the last three meetings. They've outscored them by a bunch. Um, so they've outscored them 71-17 to in either in the last three meetings, and Iowa's defense will shut down Scarlet Knights. So I like Iowa. Very small. Uh, they're a very small favorite, minus one. I did Iowa on the money line. Great stuff as always, uh, Joe is. Again, why don't you let the folks know where they can find you, how they can find you, and when you'll be on 98.7 ESPN next. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll be on, um, well, I'll be on tomorrow morning to kick off week 10 of the NFL season at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. right before your fantasy show. And, uh, of course, I'm on Saturday mornings at 7, Friday nights at midnight. And you can always find me on Twitter or Instagram, Joe with Sports. I do have a couple of free picks up there right now online. And uh, so Joe with Sports on Twitter. And uh, always appreciate uh, you having me on, Anita. Hopefully we can uh, make some money for people. Absolutely. Joe Wiz joining us each and every Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, 800-919-3776. I, I'm still, I still, I still can't get over this whole making the bed, living at home with DeVito. I, 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 listen, I, I know folks who make considerably a lot less money than him um, who, are, who are, are living in a, I don't know, a $3,000, $3,500 studio apartment in New York City. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Um, I I can't get over it. It's like it's something. It's like it's like you, it's like something you see and you like you, you can't unsee it, like you can't unhear it. Is it just me? I don't know. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also, let's spend some time. I know we've been talking a lot about the NFL. Let's spend some time talking about the Knicks. Uh, they're going to be in action tomorrow. Also, uh, another uh, last night, another in season tournament night. The Lakers beating the Suns. Hey now with LeBron James and um, and the Knicks back in action tomorrow. And also, how about Joe Judge with some interesting things to say about the analytics and the commitment to analytics by the Yankees? Brian Cashman talking to the media this week and being quite defensive. Oh my, dropping dropping f bombs and everything. 
Uh, that happened this week. We'll dive into that as well. Uh, we'll also hear from Raul, uh, Paul, Gu- I'm sorry, Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders. He's the beat reporter for ESPN pertaining to the Raiders, getting Jets fans ready for that Sunday night matchup against the Raiders. A lot of changes that took place, but they still were able to beat the Giants. Hence, no Daniel Jones, understandably so, but still um, just touching base there in Las Vegas with what Jets fans can expect from that Raiders organization on Sunday night. So all of that's still coming your way right here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We got good people. I'm proud of our people and I'm proud of our process. Doesn't mean we're firing on all cylinders. Doesn't mean we're the best in class. But I think we're pretty good personally. And uh, I'm proud of our people. And I'm also looking forward to 24 being a better year than 23. Brian Cashman talking to the media on Tuesday. Not a good look, dude. Not a good look. Um, If he thinks they're pretty effing good, I don't know. (laughs) I think 2023 was a a freaking disaster, uh, to be quite frank. Listen, I'm someone, I, 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 I have never said fire Cashman. I've never said that. Okay. Uh, I've always, when people call into the show and they're like, Cashman's got to go, Booney's got to go. I'm like, okay, who's better? And let me tell you something. Cashman gets fired by, by the Yankees. He will immediately be hired by someone else. Why? Because track record, small sample size as of late. Yeah. No bueno, not good, but large, larger sample. Good. Anita, is it that small of a sample size at this point though? I think so. He hasn't won a world series in 10 years. Okay, but that's not your barometer, Joe. I know it is for you because you're young and this is what you're used to when it comes to the Yankees, but that's, that's not realistic. If your team goes to the postseason, which they did the year before, well then, great. That, that, that should be your barometer. If your Major League Baseball team gets into the postseason, then yeah, you know what? Your general manager is doing something right. It's but, not always it's not always World Series or bust. But they like, said that. That 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 tenure, that that period of time, the core four and all that, like 
That was an anomaly. That but was that's an the outlier. Mission statement. That's the mission statement. And that's but what that's Bri- not realistic. But that's, that's what not said. realistic. That's what they've said, though. But that's what Brian Cashman has been tasked to do every single year. Championship but that's or bust. Not re- but that's not realistic. It doesn't matter. That's the mission statement. That's the check that he's cashed every single year. No that's, pun. That's what he's been tasked to do. And he hasn't been able to do it. He was on the doorstep of, of it in 2017. He got back there because of a decent offseason in 2018. They they were two games away from the World Series in 19, but they haven't been even close to being back there again. And I get it, how unrealistic. And I get that Yankee fans should be a little bit more not spoiled with making the playoffs every year, but you would agree that last year was a unmitigated disaster last year, No. Absolutely. So if you're trending downward, you get embarrassed in the ALCS in 21. You have a atrocious 2022 or 2023, excuse me. Why would you say that your process is good if it's trending the opposite direction of where you want to go ultimately? Because ultimately every team wants to win the World Series. And if you're going the opposite direction with no clear path, in the other direction, then not only is that concerning, what Cashman said is technically a fireable offense because you're speaking to your fans and you're speaking down to your fans at that with language that no general manager in baseball would use in the public eye. It's very concerning to me that Cashman said what he said, but it's also concerning to me that the Yankee organization hasn't come out and at least walked a little bit of that back in, what, four days? Three, Tuesday. four days? Took place on Tuesday. So that's even more glaring to me that the Yankee organization will sit idly by and back Cashman after he said what he said. I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a true believer in, like, you know, the season was a disaster. Own up to it. And, and pledge better. Promise better. That's all you, you know? can do at this point. You can't say what he said. You can't. Listen, we, we, we were the first. This show was the first to have Ben Ruta on. Ben Ruta, former Yankee. Uh, lots of time in the minor leagues. A few cups of coffee in the majors. Ben Ruta knows this Yankees organization extremely well. We were the first show in the country to have him on. And since he has blown up. Did you see what Cashman said about him? <laughs> Do you have that cut? I uh, I don't think we have the cut, but he called him a bitter a bitter baby. <laughs> um, he fine. Call him. What is he going to call? Uh, Joe. Uh, Aaron Judge, because Aaron Judge said what Ben Root has been saying on this show for over a few months now. What did he call Judge? A big baby. Uh, big would be, I don't know if baby would be the right word, but the description would be big. But it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it from Cashman's standpoint in terms of optics. Like, what are you gaining from this in defending so, your people? So, so folks that are like, okay, well, what did Ben Ruta say? Maybe you didn't hear him. Maybe you don't know. You know, he's been definitely on quite a few shows and quite a few podcasts and has become uh, very loud in regard to the Yankees organization, their commitment to analytics, 
them firing a number of the coaches in the minor leagues who have major league baseball experience and hire hiring brainiacs from Ivy League schools who have no no baseball experience, never held a bat, never swung a bat, never fielded a ball, playing analytics and trying to tell players in the minors how to do their job. And so that is out there. And Aaron Judge confirmed it and said the, that it, it needs to change. The analytics philosophy of this Yankees organization needs to change because uh, if it does not, it will continue to not develop players within its farm system. You, you can't have brainiacs at, from MIT and Harvard telling athletes how to, how to take BP. It's ridiculous. I think you can in theory, but the, the translation from upstairs to on field, clearly something is, is missing there. Because there are teams like the Dodgers, like the Raves, like the Orioles, like the t- Texas Rangers, like the Houston Astros, who do use analytics, I would say, probably in the same vein that the Yankees do, but the translation from the Brainiac's computer to the on-field success clearly isn't there, and I don't think you need a degree from Yale or Harvard to see that. So uh, so a lot, a lot that has taken place in the last week or so, um, again, comments from, uh, from Aaron Judge and then, and then Brian Cashman addressing the media on Tuesday – and walking away with a really bad look, um, being uber defensive, uh, dropping F-bombs. So obviously he was frustrated um, and not owning up to the year of 2023 that it was a major disaster. And Joe making an excellent point that yet we have uh, heard from the Yankees and Yankees organization to walk it all back. So that happened this week. 800-919-3776. Uh, by the way, the Knicks are sitting at 4-4. Four and four. They've won two straight. They take on the Hornets tomorrow. Uh, you know, a lot being made of Julius Randle and him not agreeing with management in regard to load management. Uh, he's dealing with that ankle, coming off that ankle injury slash surgery. He's only averaging 16 points a game, where last season it was 22, if not better. And could he very well be hurting this team than helping this team and the fact that they're 4-4 four and four right now? Really, that's the big storyline when it comes to the Knicks. But again, they're taking on the Hornets tomorrow. And um, and you'll be able to listen to that pregame show and, of course, uh, that Knicks game right here on 98.7 ESPN. In fact, tomorrow, New York game day, we're on for an extra 30 minutes leading into that pregame show. So myself, Amani Toomer, and Mike Tannenbaum will be with you until 11.30 tomorrow as opposed to 11. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to our phone lines. Let's take Zach before we take a break. Zach calling in from Long Island. Welcome in. Hey, Anita, thanks for taking the call. Uh, big fan of yours. I actually met you a few years back. Um, I'll try and keep it short because I have another separate question after, but I'm thinking about the whole Tommy DeVito situation, the uh, Jordan Renan article, and, um, I mean, it's it's embarrassing where the Giants are at right now. It's it's tough to watch, and it's uh, I'm kind of mad at them since they lost to the Jets. Like, I'm mad at a uh, girlfriend I caught texting somebody else, but... Um, I just wanted to kind of point out, I mean, I kind of feel for the guy, Tommy DeVito. It, it's ridiculous that he saw his mom making his bed. I'll be honest. That's, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but 
if, if you're living from home and, you know, you're a third-string rookie quarterback, I mean, I kind of get that you're still living from home, you know? I mean, it's I can't think of a less safe job than a third-string rookie quarterback. I mean, he could have been, you know, cut and sent to Los Angeles, you know, up to a month ago at any point. So um, I get what he's doing staying from home. I just kind of wanted to put that in perspective. Um, yeah. Separate question. I, I'm sorry. Really quick, really quick, Zach. Don't go anywhere. Don't hang up. We're not going to hang up on you. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I, I'm going through Twitter right now. I'm going through Instagram. Bleacher Report, quote unquote, my mom still makes my bed. <laughs> undrafted, undrafted rookie, Tommy DeVito will make his first NFL start this weekend. Uh, and his mom still makes his bed. This is, listen, talk about this isn't a good look. This is not, <laughs> not a good look. Yeah, I mean, I I don't don't know how a team would get behind someone that still has their mom make their bed. I really don't get it. Anyway, all right, what what was your second question, Zach? Uh, Just fantasy-wise, I really respect all the things you do in the fantasy world. You really know your stuff. So I just wanted to ask you quick, um, in a flex position, would you start uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, Jerome Ford against a tough Baltimore defense, or Khalil Shakur, Shakir if Stephon Diggs is out? which I doubt it, but possible. Yeah, listen, I I like Shakir a lot. Um, Ever since uh, Dawson Knox went out and he's been on IR, uh, the Buffalo Bills are playing a three-wide receiver set, so Shakir is starting, and uh, and he's getting a healthy amount of targets. So if it was between those three guys, uh, for me, and especially if you're in a PPR, it would be Shakir, um, and then Ford would be number two for me. Okay, uh, 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you. We come back. Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for ESPN, is going to join us next. Uh, let's find out what's the latest going on with so many changes that took place last week, and now they prepare for their second New York team. Of course, they beat the Giants last week. They're now waiting for the Jets on Sunday night football. That next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. And joining us is Paul Gutierrez. He, of course, covers the Raiders for ESPN. The uh, the next uh, opponent, uh, New York opponent for the Raiders. They go from the Giants to now the Jets. And it is prime time. It's Sunday night. Uh, Paul, let, let's look back before we look forward, right? And And obviously, a lot of changes. Take us through the week that was Josh getting fired, Antonio Pierce becoming the interim coach, and and all that went on with this organization. Yeah, it's been uh, if it's if it's not something going wild on with the Raiders, then it's not a regular Raider season. I mean, every every few years or so, it seems like the poles shift, and uh, you have to kind of hit reset in the middle of a season. Um, a couple of years ago is John Gruden, um, you know, and then this year it's 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 Josh McDaniels, and Dave Ziegler being being shown the door and. And uh, the, the Raiders responding accordingly. I mean, really, if you think about it, the way they came out and, and showed out really against the New York Giants, uh, a, a lot of emotion. They played with their emotions on their sleeve. They played as if they had not uh, played for a long time, certainly not under Josh McDaniels. And that's not a shot at Josh McDaniels, just the, the emotions they showed in that game, the emotions they showed during the week after the game. They had a cigar party, things that you don't really see in an NFL locker room during a regular season game. Uh, to improve to four and five, you know, they're like, a lot of fans were turned off by it. A lot of fans understood what it meant. It just simply meant that they were able to play without um, a lot of anxiety, without a lot of the feeling of somebody looking over their shoulders. They were just able to go out there and play. And that's what Antonio Pierce brings. 
Um, he just kind of lets them play as a former player himself for those same New York Giants. Um, he understands what the players kind of need, and he's not that far removed from playing himself. He last played in 2009. So, yeah, he, he's in an interim level, and it just feels like a brand-new day, so to speak, um, because the the old way just was not – it simply was not working. Um, so, again, it wasn't just firing the head coach. It was the head coach, the right. general manager, the offensive coordinator, and then, of course, the benching of one Jimmy Garoppolo and yep. Aiden O'Connell coming in and, and quarterbacking. Um, talk about Aiden O'Connell. Talk about his performance. You know, you could look at it and say, you know, he, he had a solid game, no bells and whistles, not that he was going to win your fantasy football match for you, but he did help the <laughs> Raiders win. And, and the Giants defense uh, really did not look stellar. So give give us some insight on O'Connell, please. Yeah, it was his second uh, start. He actually started one game in week four at the Chargers when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was out with the concussion. And, you know, that game, he held on to the ball entirely too long. He was uh, sacked seven times. He turned the ball over three times himself um, in that game. So when he got the opportunity now, again, he was playing as if he didn't have to look over his shoulders because heading into that game, as Antonio Pierce said, you know, Aiden's the guy going forward. So when you have that kind of trust instilled in you from your coach, um, you're just going to go out there and manage the game. And that's essentially what he did against the Giants. He managed the game. He, they weren't looking at him to win the game, per se. They were looking at the defense to do that. They were looking at Josh Jacobs, uh, the running game, to get it going and, and, and win the game that way. So they just didn't need him to make any, quote-unquote, mistakes. And sure enough, offensively, they did not turn the ball over for the first time all season long. Meanwhile, the defense was getting uh, a lot of takeaways. So – that's what they needed out of him at that point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they need out of him going against a much better, much more ferocious defense with with what the Jets bring to town. But but in terms of what he is, I mean, you know, he was the last pick of the fourth round. He was kind of an – I'm not going to say he was an afterthought, but he was the guy that the Raiders had to take at that spot in the fourth round because there was a run on quarterbacks. And you knew the Raiders were going to have to draft somebody at some point, and he was their guy. So I'm not saying he's Mr. Right, but he's definitely Mr. Right now. You know, it's interesting, Paul, because, you know, these te- these two teams pretty much, I-, I think they mirror each other in a number of ways, especially on the offensive side of the ball, right? The Jets are winning with a formula uh, telling Zach Wilson, just don't turn the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over, leave it up to the defense, uh, we'll win games. Um, Aiden O'Connell, don't turn the ball over. Let's get a heavy dose of, of Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, yep. and really, uh, you know, rely on, on the rushing attack. Uh, and hope that this defense uh, can 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 you know bring some plays home. It, what what do you think the formula is going to be for them this week against, like I said, a Jets team that I think kind of mirrors them in a number of ways? Similar. It, 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 they want to establish a run, and, and anybody would tell you that you, games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage anyway. So if they can establish the run, the Raiders, that is, then that's their formula. But they also they got a pretty good receiver in Devontae Adams, too, that if and when he gets single coverage, uh, they're going to be looking at him. Jacoby Myers has been a revelation for the Raiders this year. He's a, he's a solid number two, but he's been putting up some number one numbers uh, along the way, too. And, and uh, you know, Josh Jacobs likes to catch the ball in the backfield as well. So they've got a lot more options offensively, I think, than the Jets do. Um, but again, it's, I think it just literally comes down to the Jets defense against the Raiders offense. And because the other way around, it kind of cancels each other out. I think the the Raiders have more weapons on offense. It's just a matter, can that offensive line protect Aiden O'Connell long enough to find those weapons down the field? And 
when they started against the uh, Chargers in week four, that was not the case at all. Um, you know, this is going to be a really fun matchup to watch, right? Um, with with uh, Adams going up against Sauce Gardner, yeah. right? Uh, talk about the frustrations that he's had this season. And, and you saw it, you know, it's hard to wear, you know, he does wear his emotions on his sleeve. It's hard not to be frustrated when many people feel that he's one of the best, if not best wide receiver in the NFL, but unfortunately is not getting the opportunities for a variety of reasons, I'm sure. How has, how has, how has Devontae added, how has he responded to the change of Aiden O'Connell? Like how, how does, how, what's his mentality heading into this game against the Jets? Yeah, Devontae, I would, I would say, is the ultimate pro um, in terms of how to handle the situations that, that come to him. He's he's kind of the anti-diva diva receiver, because when you think of the great receivers of all times, they're all the, the just throw me the damn ball, right? Or, or you know, the Keyshawns or or the, the T.O.'s, the Antonio Browns, the Randy Mosses. You think of the diva receiver, and he's anything but that. And I did a story on him earlier in the year where Jacoby uh, Myers told me, he said, yeah, he's got every right in the world to be that guy, but he's not. So the frustration, though, has been bubbling up. And you, you saw it on Monday Night Football and, and Josh McDaniels last game as head coach when when Jimmy Garoppolo missed him a couple of times when he was wide open deep and he slams his helmet in the ground and says, you know, if you could read his lips, you could see exactly what he said. And he's tired of this stuff. He didn't say stuff, but, you know, you could see exactly what he's talking about. Um, but his whole mindset has been this. It's fine if he's not getting the ball so long as they're having success or the offense looks right. It looks good in his mind. And um, that wasn't happening. He wasn't having any individual success. They weren't having any having any team success either. So that's where the frustration was coming from. After this last game, he didn't put up monster numbers, but the offense looked better. And that's what he told me after the game was this is this is how it was supposed to look. Does he want more more balls thrown his way? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? But as long as they're having success, as long as they're winning games and and the offense is not out of whack, then he's fine with that. At least that's what he says publicly. You know, this is going to be Zach Wilson's first career game uh, on the Pacific time. Uh, his previous three West games were in the mountain time zone, hmm. not the Pacific. Uh, he's two and one straight up as well as against the spread. And here's a really interesting uh, trend stats that I came across. This will be the 34th night game for the Jets and Giants since 2018. Um, they are combined four and 29 straight up, including two and 25 straight up in their last 27 night games. Wow. Since 2018, the Jets and Giants are one and 15 straight up at home at night, and they are two and 14 straight up in their last 16 road games at night. That's so, interesting. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. and, and again, I, I think it's also interesting, again, coming off of, you know, your game against the Giants and then now heading into a primetime game against the Jets. It definitely lends that the trends are very much in the Raiders' favors. Uh, with that being said, before I, yeah. I let you go, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on, on game script and how you think this is going to play out. A lot of people feel like this is going to be like a come down moment for the Raiders, right? Really big, really hyped. They won. They beat the Giants, smoking cigars in the locker room. Mm -hmm. It's through for Antonio Pierce. H how has this team now gotten refocused this week for the Jets? And do you feel that this could be a letdown spot for them? Well, the locker room has definitely been a lot more mellow this week than it was um, definitely after the game. But even last week, you, you had the sense like 
the first thing we saw when we went in the locker room after uh, Antonio took over was there was a, a basketball hoop put up, you know, it's like a little pop a shot kind of a thing, but there was a hoop up and Devontae Adams was putting on a show for all the cameras and for everything. And then, you know, you had the, the Friday dance party out there on the field before practice where they have a dance off that, that, that happened the end today, but the locker room has been very, very mellow. So in terms of a, a, a come down, I think they, they just kind of realize that, look, there's a time to have fun. There's a time for business and it's not all business. It's not all fun. They have to find that, that yin and yang of, so to speak of it. So that's where I, I believe they're, they're trying to go right now is to figure that aspect of it out. And the more they win, the more they have success, then that's going to breed the fun too. So yeah, it's interesting that uh, it was only two weeks ago, two short weeks ago when they were on Monday night football and they were embarrassed and Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler paid for it with their jobs. Less than two weeks later, they got their own home game, and per Vivid Seats, I, I tweeted it out earlier, um, they're expecting 77% of the crowd to be Raider fans, which is a huge number considering visiting fans usually take over the stadium, and they they have this far thus far anyway. So that, that also speaks to an, an, uh, an energy of the fan base, that they want to come and they want to see this team and um, support them. And you didn't see that earlier in the year when, when different teams are coming in, when the Steelers fans took it over, when the Packers fans took it over, when even the Patriots fans had a, a sizable contingent in there. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that side of things pays off for the Raiders. Paul, thank you so much for spending some time with us, uh, giving a, a, a little look behind the curtain, so many changes uh, that have yeah. taken place in the last week plus for this Raiders team. So really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Shout out to my old neighborhood, 89th Street, 2nd Avenue, Upper East Side. Used to live there in the late 90s. There you go. All right. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, still a lot more coming your way right here at 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Saturday afternoon, although it is starting to feel like evening at 3 o'clock because uh, we are a society who still believes in daylight savings time. I don't quite understand it. Um, why? Why? I ask. Dumb. This has been an all-encompassing show. (laughs) Mama's making beds. Daylight savings time. Mama Mimi thinking that her University of Miami is playing Florida when it's really Florida State and having no clue that Daniel Jones tore his ACL last week. Yes, I do fascinate people. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been an interesting one, that's for sure. We've got about three minutes left in the show. We've got a few calls on. I want to get to you before we hand the baton over to Ty Butler, uh, who will take over at 3 o'clock. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Lou in Springfield. Lou, what you got? Hi, Anita. Uh, I I have like a two-part question. So I would consider myself a very, very casual college football fan. Um, Up until like recently, I hadn't really heard about Drake May until you mentioned him. So I was just curious as to uh, what is it about him that you like? Why why is the hype around uh, Caleb Williams so much greater? And how often would you say that you're spot on about, you know, how how often are you spot on about these – draft prospects in the NFL? Uh, well, a few things, Lou. And again, I, I wish I could, I can, thanks for the phone call. I wish I can elaborate even further, but I only have about two minutes left in the show. Uh, love Drake May, um, size, arm strength, um, mental uh, ability to decipher defenses, throwing wide receivers open, 
all the things. He's just not getting a lot of publicity because he plays at UNC, and unfortunately UNC um, is not going to be a top-four team where – uh, you know, you've got Caleb Williams, USC last year, really good, won the Heisman, and so a lot of hype around him. But Caleb Williams didn't have a great season this year. So there's that. Um, uh, just hearing from scouts, uh, Drake May will be either the number one or number two quarterback taken next year. And for me, he's number one. Think uh, Justin Herbert 2.0. And who want who would not want Justin Herbert as their starting quarterback? I certainly would. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, got about a minute. Got to make it quick. How you doing? All right. Well, I, I'm going to be defending against Zach one more week. He's got to show. He's got to show that he, he he can lead the team and not make not make mistakes and actually score, get the ball in the end zone. But you need help, Anita. Right? Their offense is not the same as last year. Look at the wide receiver core. The, the leading two guys in drops are both on the Jets and Lazard and Cobb. And now Lazard's out. Look at it. They only got Wilson to throw to. And they're double teaming him. He's got nobody to throw to. All right, Nita, thanks for taking the call. You got it. Hey, listen, Artie, at the end of the day, um, the formula for this Jets team to win is just, Zach, don't turn the ball over. They're not putting this offense on his shoulders. That's really what happened in the Chargers game. You can't give up a touchdown on special teams and then go down 14 nothing and expect Zach Wilson to will this team a win. It's just, it's not the formula. He's going to get himself in trouble. And that's just, that's the honest truth. Don't turn the ball over. Let the defense do their thing. Put you in short distance uh, in regard to field position. Hopefully you score a touchdown, maybe a field goal, and the defense holds their opponents to 10 or 12, 13 points, and you got yourself a win. That's the formula for the Jets. It's sad, but it's true. Um, All right, I want to thank our producers, Harvey and Joe, for producing the show. Gentlemen, thank you. Fun Saturday as always. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Saturday afternoon. Back with you tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. Fantasy Forecast, 8 a.m. New York Game Day, right here on New York, on New York, on 90.7 ESPN.